0: Welcome to the Pitch Vision Academy Cricket Show. This is um, half an hour or so of uh, your audio guide to better cricket. Whether you're a player, whether you're a coach, we're just here to help you out for a little while. And who are we? Well, my name is David Hinchliffe. I look after things here. And helping me to help you is the head of cricket performance at Portsmouth Grammar School. is Sam Lavery. Hello, Lavers. How's it going?
1: Yeah, very well. Thank you, David. Very well. How are you?
0: Oh, very good uh, a little bit uh, cold and wet here but uh, you know that's what you expect for this time of year but luckily we've got a roof over our nets so it does not deter us from several sessions a week of uh of lots of good cricket including a good challenge for me some beginners we're doing some beginners this year adult beginners and um they're getting stuck in and doing lots of crickety stuff including a guy who's um, who's american and has only ever played baseball and so watching him adapt his game from baseball to cricket is very interesting watching but he's, he's doing very well actually
1: must must be good fun as well. I haven't really got to work with many adult beginners over the years. A lot of the time, it's either adults who've established themselves as, as, as a certain level of cricket, or um, or uh, young guys coming through, which is where a lot of my work is at the moment. So mm. um, yeah, having guys that are new to the game in their in their twenties and thirties and forties etc. must be uh, um, a really a really challenging but enjoyable experience with guys who who want to get better, want to learn, and they're starting
0: from I guess from zero. Do you know what's great about it is because if you are coming, if you're coming to anything later in life, you're doing it because you really want, want to give it a good go. You're not just sort of half heartedly doing it, or you're not doing it because your parents have told you you got to get out of the house. It's it's something that you're really going to throw yourself into, and so you get that. I think it's in many ways it's kind of the easiest way to coach because people are so receptive to ideas and so sort of there's no preconceptions to it at all they're coming in saying right listen i want to give this cricket a go i don't really know very much about it um over to you what do i need to do here so um it's it's great fun and it's you see some people moving forward so quickly as well It's it's a very positive thing. So, uh, I'm glad to be part of it, and um, you know, hopefully, we'll get increasing numbers as as we go through the winter, and then we'll get a nice a nice set of people who um, you know know how to get the ball down the other end and um, can play a straight drive and uh, maybe hit a couple um, through mid wicket as well if they're feeling saucy.
1: Well, let's, let's see if you can get anyone near that first team or second team come the
0: summer. There's a there's a challenge <laughs> for you i tell you what this baseball guy he's got the he's got the um the hand eye coordination and the kind of natural ability catching and throwing that you would expect from someone who's played a, a bat and sure, ball sport yeah. before so he just has to adapt really so yeah he, he he could be he could be one to watch got to work on the baseball cap It's the wrong way around at the moment but um <laughs> But uh, I said I said that I'd give him a pass until he um, it makes it into hardball cricket. So he, he said he'd be happy with that. So fair <laughs> enough, fair <laughs> enough. Yeah. Um, let's uh, talk a little bit uh, about. Um, other coaches in a way and I think this year for me um, I've been in a position where um, I've been able to sort of lead a team of other coaches and I know that uh, Lavers, uh, you've done that as well so the kind of thing that I'm looking for today is what you look for when you look for a coach so if you're a head coach or a director of coaching or or a head of cricket performance for that matter and you've got a team and you're looking for people to join that team whether it's you know full-time whether it's part-time whether it's voluntary whatever it is what kind of things do you look for in a coach we've talked about it from a player point of view before haven't we in trials but what kind of things do we look for in a coach what impresses a head coach when you're trying to uh, make it in the world of coaching
1: Oh, it's, it's uh it's an interesting so it's actually something i've been doing a little bit of recently we've been looking to recruit um someone to to add to our, our team to work with us throughout the winter um which we've just about tidied up now which which has been a, an interesting process and, it, and it's and it is um it is good to, to meet a load of people who are obviously involved in cricket in some capacity and, and speak to them about what their ideas are and give them a bit of a taste of what your um, feelings and thoughts are on, on the game and coaching and how how you do things and um, and just compare and contrast between the two of you. But um, I guess it's not enormously different to how you would um, go about looking at players when you're selecting. And, and when you're selecting players, you, you have certain criteria and obviously there's going to be an element of skill in there um, there might be an element of physicality in there as a player, and and but uh, uh, overriding there's there's often this um, element of kind of uh, passion for the game, um, enthusiasm and, and a, a will to improve and a, and a commitment to getting better, um, and I think for me that I would I de- generally would consider the current coaching knowledge and their ability to deliver which is very very important and their their ability to adjust to different personalities and and those kind of things but one thing that has to be there is that desire to improve yourself and a desire to improve those people around you um and and also a kind of a willingness to accept that you're you're not always going to be right all the time which which some people struggle with i've definitely struggled with in the past but um it's uh, yeah looking looking for that person who's got that drive and and that um will to to be as as good as they can be uh, and to really commit to the role um and that would be my starting point um and from there you then hopefully will will have a group of people that are still ticking those boxes and and then to some degree you have got to look at what what kind of would fit into what skills or or, or knowledge you already have as a group so um, depending on what you have in your in your coaching setup and what what gap that needs filling, so sometimes it might be that there's a specific skills coach that needs to come in. So it might be that you have a space for a, a bowling coach or a batting coach or a spin bowling coach, etc., etc. Um, and obviously that's then going to have an influence on it. But um, definitely looking for some of that drive. I, I don't always feel like I need someone who's going to share my beliefs on the game and share my ideas because often that's just bringing someone in who's going to regurgitate the same things as me all the time so it's interesting to have someone who has their own point of view on things um, and can be a little bit creative or or approach things from a different angle to the way that I would or other coaches existing within the system might do. so yeah, there are there are a number of considerations there, but um, I guess it's it's uh, it's going to be slightly different for everyone depending on their situation. But it's it's going to then be a combination of all the above. I th- one of the other things I do consider is the, the kind of the longevity of the role and and, and what, how long we need them for. And if it's if it's someone to come in and cover something for quite short term, then you kind of want someone with that immediate knowledge and the ability to walk in and go, bang, here's I, I can help you. I can keep you at the level you are I can maybe make you a little bit better Um, and I can I can do something beneficial to you straight away whereas if you're looking to someone who's going to be growing into a role and being with you for three four five six years etc then you can forego some of that immediate knowledge and immediate kind of finesse as a deliverer or a speaker or a coach or whatever it might be and and you can allow some room to grow into the role and, and learn along the way as well
0: I think that's uh, I think that's really important as well. I, there's a couple of other things I would add to that as well. Uh, one of them is, and this is a big one for me, is uh, especially if you're talking about um, either longer-term jobs or if you're talking about coaches who are working in a voluntary capacity, and that is how they fit in with the philosophy that you're trying to set up. Especially as a head coach, you know, you're trying to you're trying to have a consistent philosophy across the entire club, Um, certainly what I try and do. And so in order to do that there's certain things that people need to buy into and and those core things are... um really important when you're looking to get somebody in and it doesn't necessarily mean that they agree with everything that you say all the time but you know a classic one is especially if you're talking about coaches of, of younger players does that coach look to well we, we just need to win every game which success is measured by whether we win or lose or are we looking to develop players And if the answer is we're looking to develop players like it is with me and and winning and losing is definitely uh, secondary to that. It's part of the process of development. It's not an end outcome in itself. Then... um you know, you, you want to sort of get people in who are at very least conducive to that idea uh, and, and at the very least prepared to think about that idea even if in the past they thought about other other ways of doing it. So that's one example, but really philosophy is a key one for me and, and does their sort of personality and the way they think about cricket fit in with that general philosophy. And then the other thing I would say is, I mentioned it briefly, is that someone who who is prepared to not only listen and learn but also challenge, challenge you and challenge players and not necessarily just do things by, you know, by rote, you know, paint paint by numbers and just say, yes, that sounds great to me. And then going off and, and doing whatever you want people who are saying, what, why are we doing it like this? How can we do it better? And what, what is, you know, what is the ultimate aim here? And, and, and being confident to be able to challenge and be able to say look this is this is the way that i think it should be and here's why and that to me that's healthy and that's important and it's not really a sign of uh negativity which it often is when it when people challenge each other it's a sign of healthy debate and it's a sign of being able to to think and do things in a in in a way that doesn't just keep the just to keep the ship sailing, but actually, you know, tries to speed it up a little bit or make it go in a slightly different direction. And that's, that's always fantastic to me. And I love it when people challenge me like that.
1: I, I guess we're kind of saying that you we need to have almost a, a list of all the things that we'd like to happen. And then, and then we're going to kind of detail what, which, which things on this list are absolute non-negotiables, which things the are essential to this person, and it might be that you 've got a hundred it might be that you 've got one um, and I'd suggest that most people when it comes to absolute things that you can 't budge on there probably aren 't going to be many of them, but the things that you do have on that list will be very important to you and very important to your belief as how you coach um, and beyond beyond that you 're going to kind of start thinking about where you prioritize other things, so some things will be way up top, even though you can maybe be slightly flexible on them and, and other things. Will um will drift a little bit more, but certainly that, um, that uh that that need to have their own opinion and their own ideas and their own. Um, way of looking at things, and and also their their belief, enough belief in themselves and confidence in themselves to to raise them is is really important. Because as you said, David, we, you want that challenge from coach to player and vice versa, but you also need that within the environment of the coaching team, from coach to coach, to speak frankly with each other and and, and challenge what people say and and some things have been done and if, if people didn't do that in the coaching environment we wouldn't do most of the things we talk about today on the show especially on the technical side of things a lot of them wouldn't have happened because we would have been living in the same uh, with the same routines as, as were going on 30, 40, 50 years ago we, a lot of them which we know weren't weren't as uh, as good as they can be and, and, and now we've seen big improvements um, in all aspects of the game just through people challenging and, and, and voicing their opinions differently
0: it's a tricky one though isn't it that challenging because first of all how do you how do you sort of show that you're capable of doing that if you are interviewing for a job you know rather than say you know someone who knows you or whatever and secondly how do you how do you judge what the other side is looking for because if someone doesn't like to be challenged and there's plenty of people like that and then you come across as a challenging personality challenging in the way not in the difficult but in the I like to I like to challenge and ask questions and, and, and push people, then um, you, that might get a negative response and that might push push you away from something rather than as a coach, it might push you away from something. But I guess if someone doesn't like being challenged, maybe that's not the job for you anyway if you're that kind of person.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm more thinking from this, probably from my point of view, as the person um, recruiting, as it were, um, if I'm looking for someone who's gonna ch- challenge me and needs to stand up for themselves, then I could, I, I would, well I've done this before, you'll, you'll drop in something into conversation which is clearly not true. And see if someone will then oppose it and stand up to it. So,
0: They're
1: right, um, and you can make up whatever you want. Obviously, you can, you can just say, oh, "Well, obviously, I don't agree with left-handed batters because we can't have any of them." And we'll see if someone's <laughs> willing to stand up for them, or as ridiculous they? as you want, um, or whether you want to go. For, but I mean, you could go with something like technical, and obviously, in this. Don't we talk about things like movement types and things like that. So it might be something you you, you insist that everyone yeah. moves to the ball head first, and that's the only way to do it. Or you insist that to bowl an out you have to hold the ball like this, or um, something where there is definitely a bit of room for negotiation to see if they will stand up for that, or see if they will just go along with your quite quite clearly um, not necessarily accurate belief that you're kind of voicing there and that's a good little challenge for people to see if they do it and it's something that I've done with players quite a lot over the years is just kind of challenge them especially tactically and sort of say well this this is the only way to do this and see if they're willing to say actually well I've got another way, I've done that differently before I've, I've, I've approached things like this and, and it's a good way to see if you've got someone who's confident enough in their own beliefs and their own ideas to to um speak back and voice their opinion and, and also interesting to see how they do it.
0: Let's um, answer some questions. Speaking about questioning and challenging, let's answer some questions that have been sent in by listeners to the show or um, readers to the PitchVision website over at pitchvision.com. And then at the end of the show, we'll pick a winner which wins an online coaching course from PitchVision Academy at pitchvision.com. And um, I'm, I'm very sorry. I'm going to probably, uh, ruin this person's name uh, because I don't know how to pronounce it but uh, I think it's Tejbeer has written in and Tejbeer says hello I want advice on bracing my front leg I've been working on it for about a month now but I'm not able to achieve it no matter how hard I try my leg just flexes what would you suggest to change this to a complete front braced leg he's talking about fast bowling by the way do you think I should completely focus on my base and do drills as it's it's very hard to change the base. Any advice would be appreciated. What do we think, Lafus?
1: Yeah. Well, first of all, it is difficult, so... Don't be surprised that you haven't cracked it within four weeks because I know people who have been bowling for 10, 15 years and it's been one of those things that they've always had in the back of their head that has annoyed them, that they've wanted to improve the way their front leg braces or locks when it lands and they're still not happy with what they're getting. So don't be um, don't be surprised that it's not going to happen overnight, but obviously you're you're keen on it, you're sticking with it and, and that's good to see that you're looking to improve performance so we're in a good starting position. Um from then, we've got to look at how we're gonna go from a, a, a braced front leg to well, how we're gonna actually achieve it within it within a full bowling action. So, first of all, can you? Um, how are you setting up your process? So, are you starting from trying to? um Do it from a stationary position and how does it feel are you able to lock that leg or brace it from a stationary position Um, and then you can go through the usual reverse chaining, and that's usually where you find that tipping point of where you're not able to do it so often that comes with the momentum coming in and people introducing the jump and that's when people start to lose some flexion so uh, sorry to uh, to create some flexion so why why is that knee bending that's the next thing to look at so it could be due to the, the pattern in which you're landing with your foot um, or it could be to do with the trajectory of your foot as it lands so if you think about some people and I um, I have a very like, old memory of something in, in my mind which is um, probably not very current and people won't be able to picture it at all but um, I think about a, a picture that I used to see at Headingley all the time which was of Chris Silverwood bowling and he used to have his front leg up pretty high and then it would slam down but as a result of this, his front leg would almost be coming backwards towards its landing point. And as a result, it was trying to, it would almost try and flex the other way, so it would lock really straight. Whereas there are other people who are very flat in their trajectory in their uh, of their jump, and they're also very flat in the way that they um, extend their front leg towards front foot contact. Um, so the leg is actually moving forwards very quickly, in which case it's gonna buckle in that way, and the, and the knee's gonna bend a little bit more. So sometimes, however much strength work you put through that knee and and however much you try to um, repeat or reverse chain from stationary back to the full run up there are going to be technical areas that are going to make a difference so generally if you find yourself landing toe first you're probably going to find that a little bit trickier i I I found in my experience if you're landing towards the front of the foot um, and also generally if you're leg is moving forwards as I tried to describe then, so you're flat with that front foot as it comes into contact, sorry, um flat's not the wrong word because we're going we're gonna to perceive that differently. If we're not getting much leg extension, so the leg isn't coming downwards into the ground, then we'll often find that that creates um, flexion as well. So. There are a few different angles you need to be considering here. So we've got that technical point of view. So what is the path of that, ang- of that leg and that foot into landing? Um, the process point of view. So are you trying to do it from a stationary point of view and then working backwards? And then we've also got that strength and physical point of view is as in, are we strengthening that leg? Are we making sure that that is improving its ability to resist um the the uh, the forces that are going through it and trying to make it bend in the first place so there'd be the the three main angles that I'd be I'd be looking at um and and from there I'd I'd be working out what which one is is possibly the deficiency and which one which one's the issue um you will know how physically strong you are, you will know how much single leg work you do and, and how well you, you switch on those muscles in that legs through the work you've done. Um, You'll also have a good understanding of how you've started this process. It could be that you've just started by running and you're trying to do it and you're really trying to keep that leg straight but actually all you're doing is sprinting in a full pace, trying to keep your legs straight and realising it's not working and you're probably going to be banging your head against a brick wall if you're, if you're taking that view all the time. Um, so. They're, they're the kind of angles I'll be looking at, but I'd also be interested to see what you throw in, Dave, because this is something that people really struggle with and it's something that there probably isn't a, a one-size-fits-all solution for this one.
0: There definitely isn't. I think, well, the, the the sort of meta point, if you like, is, do you need a brace front leg? It is, it is something which is one of the key indicators of speed in a fast bowler and if you've got a, a braced front leg not a locked front leg bit of a difference a, a braced front leg you don't want to uh, hyper extend the knee you know bend it too far over but um, it, it is one of the indicators but do you need it some people bowl pretty quick without needing it and some people bowl pretty well without needing it you know even at the highest level international first class uh, top level players you see that that um that knee break sometimes in a break as in you know bend rather <laughs> rather than physical injury um so it might be that you're the type of person who it just it doesn't suit very well and you're sort of trying to force it you know square peg round hole all that kind of thing so you need to work out whether whether that's something worth Persevering with or not, but if you think that yeah, actually, you know, this is one of the ways that I generate pace, uh, and that's you know, I want to keep going along that road, then um, yeah, it does get it, it it does get tricky, and I've and you've seen um, uh, a lot of work with Stephen Jones around this area and around this technical stuff, and he combines a lot of sort of strength conditioning style work around technical work especially with the lower half he does a lot of stuff with medicine balls he does a lot of stuff with isometrics which is just i say just but it's holding the position that you want to be in and it's kind of like that sort of one end of actual coaching there you know because you're trying to get someone into a specific position but then maybe the you do something slightly different with the top half once you've locked in the bottom half into where you want it to be and then maybe you bring in little bits you know like the 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 uh, the driving of the hip or, or that kind of thing, but heavy balls or that, that kind of thing, which, which is a bit more along the strength and conditioning line of things, but still there's a lot of technical stuff in there. So it'd be, it'd be interesting uh, to have a look at uh, holding the holding the position, using isometrics to hold the position and maybe throwing a medicine ball against the wall. You know, see how that goes. See if, that, see if you can keep that position held even when you're ge- generating power with your top half. And then maybe try and do it with the... Um, bent knee as well you know with the with the thing that won't go away and see if that gives you ru- roughly the same amount of power generating because that might give you a clue back to that other point which is you know some people get more pace from other parts of the action than they do from from the legs although the legs are important so yeah i'd look at that i'd look at uh, I'd, I'd look at isometrics and i'd look at kind of um, heavy let's call it heavy implement work so medicine balls heavy balls that kind of thing and trying to lock that position in in a more sort of strength conditioning style environment rather than in a pure technical environment
1: i think that bit david is really important because no matter how many how much time you spend in the nets or you spend bowling the work you do with a medicine ball is there to recreate the patterns and the movements that you're gonna have when you're bowling and if your focus while you're bowling is really on locking that leg and getting it braced yet the time you're away from the nets and you're with that medicine ball and you're slamming it throwing it pushing it whatever it might be depending on the activity you're not putting in the same focus into locking that leg then you're retraining those bad habits that you've previously had and as a result you're gonna slow up what you're gonna achieve in the nets. so any movements that are relating to bowling and they could be gym movements or they can be net movements. It doesn't, doesn't really matter. They're all going to have an impact. So you've got to make sure that you're really focusing on, your having an awareness of what that leg's doing each and every time because each, each throw has value and has an impact on the next throw you're
0: going to make. Next question is from Cameron. And Cameron has got a batting question. He says, when is a batsman's bat speed supposed to be higher? When batting against a spinner or a fast bowler?
1: Good, good question, isn't it? I, I guess yeah, it depends what we're cracker. trying to achieve and what our outcome is. So, if, if we're looking to try and hit a ball for six, if we consider the basic kind of uh, physics of it, you can you can look at it from two angles. With a fast bowler, there's a necessity for the bat to move faster to get to the ball because the reaction time is less. So there's there's obviously um, a requirement for a bit more bat speed there. However, if we're looking to hit a ball to a boundary there's probably going to be a greater re- requirement for back speed against a slower bowler because there's less speed coming onto the ball and so we need to generate more with the bat so I guess it comes from depends on which angle you're looking at if we're if we're looking to hit a ball for six we're going to have to have quite a bit of back speed with a, with a spinner um, to try and make sure that we've got sufficient distance on the ball to, to be hitting it um, so I, I'd definitely be going along those lines with a fast bowler you're going to have some bat speed there anyway because of your reaction to the ball. So, which one's going to be actually going to be higher? I'm not sure, but I guess our intent
0: to move the bat faster is probably going to be more relevant when we're when we're playing against the spinner. Yeah, it, this is this is one of those questions where it's interesting sort of to talk theoretically, but it always reminds me of um, what is probably an apocryphal story uh, of the Rolls Royce the catalog for rolls-royce cars which under the uh, uh, technical specifications under the horsepower it says sufficient because if you're buying a rolls-royce it doesn't really matter what the horsepower is does it <laughs> so, and it's sort of a little bit like that i think in that what is what bat speed do you need if you want to hit a, a spinner for a six or if you want to he hasn't said hit for a six but you know if you want to if you want to You know, hit the ball powerfully. If you need a bat speed, so what bat speed do you need to hit the spinner for six? What bat speed do you need to hit the seamer for six? Um, You need sufficient bat speed to be able to clear the rope. So, so, um, and it it, it doesn't really matter. I I suppose, you know, we we go back to your point about intentions and saying, well, you know, what's the intention here? And it might feel like you having to try and hit the ball with more bat speed when you've got a spinner because there's less pace on the ball to start with so you've got less to work with um but uh, yeah there's t- there's too many factors too many variables and it all happens too quickly for things to really sort of fit in with what what you're trying to do when you're actually doing it because you know if you're worrying about the speed of your bat when you uh when you when you're playing in nets you, you're not really worried about scoring runs which is which is the point. And if you're thinking to yourself, well look, I want to work on my, you know, hitting the spinner over the top for six. Great, that's a great specific aim to work for. But don't really worry about what your bat speed is. Worry about how hard is the ball coming off the bat, you know, with the ball exit speed we talked about that before, haven't we? You know, and and how how fast far is the ball coming kind off the bat. And if you can see it even better, you know, if you can do some range hitting, if you can see it, you can see whether the ball has cleared the rope or not and you can say to yourself, OK, well, that's hard enough. That is sufficient bat speed. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to continue with that because now I know. Um, and, and it's all about feel, really. It's all about feel and timing and the, the specifics of which one is faster or, or something. It, it's an interesting theoretical question, um, but it's a bit of a, you know, how many angels can you fit on the head of a pin question, I think.
1: Yeah, it's it theoretically it poses a good question, but in reality there's not really a big requirement for it. It's a bit like saying Wh which when do you need to swing the bat harder if I'm if I'm pushing if I'm playing a straight drive for four against an opening bowler, or if I'm digging down on a Yorker. I'm probably actually gonna have faster bat speed digging down on a Yorker and, and panicking and trying to throw my hands down as far, but the ball's not gonna go anywhere <laughs> as far, is it? Um But equally, it doesn't matter. What I want to have is I want to have the power to create a high level of bat speed for when I need it, and then I will play the shots appropriately as I I go along. So, theoretically, interesting question and one that does create some good talking points, but in reality, I guess we'd be thinking... um, Develop as much speed bat, bat power as you can. There's loads of work out there, loads of information. that you can't go on you can't go on YouTube or or Facebook or anything like that without seeing Julian Wood popping up, swinging his bat, talking about bat speed, exit speed off the off the bat and all that kind of thing. So if you do want to learn a little bit more about it, Woody's got loads of literature out there, loads of um, loads of video on videos online of yeah, him yeah. working with different sides, different individuals. Um, And if it's something you want to add to your game, watch a few of those. There's some really simple techniques to increasing back speed. Uh, We've been doing it for about three or four years, and it's been a bit of a trial and it's been a bit of a mixed approach, if I'm honest. So we haven't necessarily got a set formula for this is the best way to improve back speed and power. However, we've got a, uh, a plan that is definitely going to improve power for people along the way um I, I still think that it could be fine-tuned a hell of a lot more and i'm sure woody is an out-and-out specialist in that power hitting area probably is fine-tuning it more and, more and more every day but hitting weighted balls using um using a bat weight um going from overload to underload with the weight of your bat those kind of things they're just basically simple Uh, power development techniques that are taken over from any other element of sport if you're trying to improve power you can add a bit of weight you can take a bit of weight off you're looking to try and maintain bat speed with the addition of weight and then you're looking to take that weight away and go a little bit Go even go a bit a little bit lighter and, and then try and Im- improve the bat speed so very very simple concepts and also um, adding in that weighted ball is, is another really good way to improve that power through the entire shot and in- increase that range of acceleration so we're not just slowing down into contact, really accelerating through contact but yeah get online, have a look at uh, what Woody's talking about he's got loads of stuff out there so I'm sure you will be able to find something that's going to help you once you've made your own mind up about whether you need it for a spinner or a fast bowler
0: and that is just about all we've got time for on the show this week. We are going to wrap up in a moment, but before we do that, we just need to do a uh, a quick decision on this week's winner. So uh, I think uh, labors you're going to be in the chair this week with uh, with Gareth being away, um, and we need to decide who wins the prize: the online coaching course from Pitch Vision Academy, pitchvision.com, and we had. Uh, Tejbeer's question I'm going to say hopefully I got that right uh, about the brace front leg and Cameron's question about bat speed spinners versus fast bowlers so which one did you prefer Levis?
1: Well both questions have actually raised some really good talking points and have provided some good discussion so both very very well done however I am going to go for Tejbeer this time simply because the information and the things we've talked about, I think are not only going to help him, but also going to be relevant to lots of people out there who are going to be thinking of the same thing. I want to improve pace. I want to get that front leg braced as I, as I'm landing. So Ted's you're going to get the, get the, uh, the prize this week simply for its relevance to a big population of people. who will be interested to hear what we say.
0: Uh, yeah. And as always, um, if there's any feedback, comments, thoughts, ideas, disagreements, challenges, we've talked about, then uh, get in touch with us. Um, You don't have to send in questions. You can just talk about the things that we talked about. We're always looking for feedback uh, on these things. Uh, But speaking of sending in uh, a question, uh, Levers, if someone wanted to get in touch with us, send in a question and have the chance to win the prize, what would the email address be to get through to the show? They can get through to us
1: on coach at pitchvision.com.
0: That's right. Uh, There's lots of other ways as well. Um, You can message us through pitchvision.com. There's a social media page there, lots of different pages. We're Pitch Vision Academy. That's our account there. So you can send us a message through the system there. Or you can do it through Facebook, facebook.com slash pitchvisionacademy is uh, where you can send your questions to, questions, comments, thoughts, ideas. Our Twitter is at pitchvisionacad. If you want to listen to the show every week, you can do that too. Uh, that's pretty straightforward. You go to your favorite podcast app, do a search for Pitch Vision Academy. You'll find us in there. Tap on subscribe and away you go. If you want to get old show notes or old shows, you want to download the file straight to your computer as well as see uh, daily cricket coaching articles, then head over to pitchvision.com slash academy. And for the podcasts, click on the podcast link. That's all there is to it. That's all for this week. We hope you listen next week, but until then, have a good week. Cheers, Lavers. Thanks, David.